Hey, how's it going? And this is Taurai, aka TJ from M5 Property Addicts. But welcome to M5 Successful Friends podcast, where we talk to successful friends in the real estate, people that are killing it in their own right. And uh, today I've got a cool mate uh, who's out in the Cape Town, but he used to be a Jobic guy. So I still, I still <laughs> look at him as a Jobic guy. And um, for the fact that, Brian, you are sitting in that seat and we are talking. You are the M5 successful friend that we want to chat to. And um, welcome aboard, brother. How's it going? Hey, TJ, how are you? Um, thank you so much for the opportunity, Taurai. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a sunny day, beautiful day down here in Cape Town, the mother city. Uh, show off, show off, does. thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do miss Joburg though, but no, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. And it's good to be with you and, and your audience right now. And yeah. Nice. Thanks a lot. <laughs> good, good. So, so for some of you who have never been on this show, uh, welcome aboard. This is a show where we just talk about like-minded people who are doing property, different types of properties. Um, you know, I'm in the game. Uh, so is Brian. Uh, and uh, this is what we do. And if you're coming back for the second time, third time, welcome aboard. Yeah. Now, it's not about me today. Um, it is about Brian. Uh, Brian, you've been in the game for a minute. Yeah. And, and yeah. when I mean a minute, um, I remember back in the days when I used to look at properties in the Berea, um, uh, Yorville side, and at a point, I had a credit card um, with a limit of around about 250000 And this is like almost like seven years ago. Sure. And, and there was a property that came by in the area and uh, i'd seen your name there and i think that's possibly where we, our first contact was and and by the time i went through to the to the agent to try to buy it um it was a two bed one bath and i wasn't even serious in those days uh, i was just you know playing kind of like a hobby around it i mean now it's like more of a super hobby um and it was selling for 150,000 and by the time I got to the place, I was ready to swipe my credit card if there was a yeah. swipe machine, right? Yeah. Um, but by the time I got there, the estate agent said to me, look, I'm, I'm just waiting around because I knew you were coming, but otherwise it's been sold. So I'm like, what do you mean? You guys just sent this out. And that was the company, uh, Image Properties. Um, yeah. And I remember that's where you kind of like started off from. But t tell us, I mean, that, that, that was my first kind of like contact with your name. Um, mm. And if I look back, um, then I started seeing your name more and more into different spaces. And we then recently bumped in at, was it Durban? It was in Durban, right? Uh, yeah, before that, we actually met uh, at the Empire Wealth offices. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that was earlier in the year, and then we met at the property buyer show. Well, the property show now, as it's called, in Durban. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a job guy. I'm going to Durban for something like that, and you're a Cape Town boy. You're going to Durban. I mean, yeah. Why would you do that? I mean, this is miles away. I mean, for you, it's what three, four, five thousand to go to Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. Um, I mean, so. I mean, just to date back to where, where the property journey started, um, yeah. I've been in property now for nearly 10 years. Okay. Uh, I got into, 
Yeah, yeah. I got into property when I was 19. Yeah. Uh, originally from Zimbabwe. Um, okay. I was a waiter at the time. Here are you Are you in, from Zimbabwe or are you from Rhodesia? No, from from Zimbabwe. Okay, I'm from. I am from Rhodesia. <laughs> you oh you from uh okay okay uh, so well we're partly partly together <laughs> no. yeah, yeah yeah i always meet um, up with my with, with folks that are that way uh i mean for some that don't know uh zimbabwe was called rhodesia back in the days um yeah. so you know i get fascinated with some people say i'm from rhodesia i'm like um that doesn't um, exist in Zimbabwe. No. <laughs> like, where's <is> that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. So in yeah. nine, you're 19 years old, and so if we do the mathematics, you're 29 now. Yeah, I'm actually 29 in December, 100%. So Dude, I, I was that 19. Makes you, that makes you the, the youngest host, the youngest guest that we've hosted on this show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm humbled. Uh, it's, it's a blessing. And yeah, no, thank you for the opportunity. It wouldn't have happened if you hadn't reached out. So yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's hear the story. You're 19 years old. How did yeah, you 19, 19 years old, selling breakfast for a living, uh, yeah. trying to save up to study through UNISA. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, long story short on that aspect of it, I then had regular customers that so happened to own a number of Remax franchises in Cape Town, in the Cape Town space. Yeah. Um, and then after some strong convincing, they decided to offer me an opportunity where I could come and work for their team as a, as a personal assistant and yeah. they'll pay for, pay for my studies towards property and as well as getting the necessary license certificates that were required well, at the time till now, you still need to get your NQF level four, et cetera, et cetera. For those who don't know what an NQF level four is, it's pretty much like a board uh, exam that you need to do in order to transact any property sales or rentals within South Africa. So, so, now, so hold, on. 19- hold on, yeah. hold on there. So you're selling breakfast. Uh, these guys are coming through to the place where you're working. Yeah. You identify that these guys, this is who they are, because obviously you are in their space. You're serving breakfast, right? No, um, not at all. <laughs> how, how, how did that transpire? Because, I mean, for instance, there could be some guy out there who is selling breakfast right now. And they're yeah. like, I want to do what Brian is doing. So, I mean, how, how did you do uh, it? How did I? Yeah. No, I... Everything I've ever done in my life, I've, I've done with an extreme passion. Um, sure. I've... I've Customer service for me is something that is top of my list. Uh, yeah. Everyone needs to enjoy that journey with you whenever they're within your space. Yeah. And this is essentially what I did for these customers. I think it, by the time they had this conversation with me, it was their third sitting at, at the restaurant where I worked. And then they just asked me, like, you, you do what you do so well. What, is this yeah. what you want to do for the rest of your life? I'm like, oh, no. This is really just a stepping stone, but I see better things for myself. However, you know, finance and everything is just a bit of a problem right now. So I need to save up, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. they gave me a business card, asked me to give them a call. At this stage, Brian, are you, are you familiar that they own some franchise or you just no, seeing them no. as clients in 
at, at this stage, I know nothing about real estate within South Africa. At this stage, I know nothing about property as a whole. At okay. this stage, my, my dream is to go into either uh, microbiology or something in the medical field. So hey, dude, you've always been deep, man. Yeah, I, I, was, I didn't even do like... Uh, so my, my high school combination was a sciences combination as well. Okay. So accounting, I had no accounting background because I think I chose computer studies over accounting. Those are the options that my high school gave us. Yeah. And um, business studies as well, nothing, never really been exposed to the academic side of business studies. Obviously, you read articles on a number of people, et cetera, et cetera. But you would know this. It's a different ball game from just reading a book when you actually now start trying to venture into the business world. So um, now they tell me, oh, we do properties. I'm like, what, what is that? What does that entail? Anyway, so I, I keep this business card and, um, and then I just go home and I think I chucked it under my bed or something. I didn't do anything about it for another two months. Uh, two months later, they come back and they insist, they actually tell my floor manager to give me a break and that they would tip whosoever serves our table extremely well. They just seriously want to sit down with me. Then yeah. that's when they sat down with me uh, and they said, Brian, well, you've been struggling to save up and everything. This might not have been your dream, but we're offering you funding and an opportunity to venture into the property space. And 100%. And I was 19. I'm like, you know what? This wasn't my passion, but maybe this is just, this is just my, my blessing in disguise. I'm just yeah. going to jump into it. I mean, they yeah. look like they're making a decent living. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. They, they look like they were really coining it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's legit. Then I see their business card. Because, I mean, you're 19, you're in a country where I lived here all by myself, by the way. I didn't have any relatives here. So I was very protective of myself because my grandmother had always told me, no, there's human trafficking out there, so don't talk to strangers, you know. So, yeah, yeah. that was my mindset, hence my trust issues from that point. But then I joined them, uh, worked in real estate, did marketing, advertising, graphic design. Uh, worked as a receptionist for Remax living on Kloof Street and in our Seapoint office here in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I moved. I, I was with them three years. After that, I moved to a company that specialized in your distressed sales called MacProp Group. Uh, okay. We were based, based in West Coast in an area called Tableview. And at that point... That's when I really started to see, I mean, I, I knew of luxury real estate, which were your houses in Camps Bay, Seapoint, and all of that, which was great exposure just to learn the ropes. But yeah. now I started really getting some uh, deep insight on some properties that are ideal for where you buy and you actually get your good value for money in terms of your returns, or you buy for under market value, uh, you you actually rather focus on properties where the, the seller has an urgent need to dispose of that property because they're likely to sell it for much less. It was a different ball game, which I'm so, so happy to have ventured into at that point because yeah. it was shortly after that that I then joined Imagine Properties, where we first met. Uh, oh, hold on. What, 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 year, what year is this now? Uh, was... um, so I, I left Remax Living the beginning of 2013, having yeah. joined them just, uh, just
just in 2010. Yeah, so I joined them just before the World Cup. Okay. Um, Remax actually took me to a few World Cup games. They paid for that as well, so I was quite yeah. fortunate. Okay. Um, but yeah, three years later, 2013, I joined Microprop Group, which is the distressed property firm. Yeah. Um, they then moved 20, their operations. 2013, you say? Yeah, beginning of right. 2013. So a lot, uh, of people, a, lot of, a lot of people are jumping in now a lot into these distressed oh. properties and things like that. But I'm yeah, just thinking no, it mean, like 2013, this was already living. People were having it. And uh, I always yeah. say to people, look, um, anything and everything is around us right now. But if you don't tap into it, you never know. That's number one. And when you get involved into it, you start thinking, oh, this is so new. This is so cool. But yeah. I've been like other people, plenty of other people who've been doing it. Um, and if you want to start off, uh, you want to find those people and learn from them. And uh, it sounds like in, already in 2013, you were rubbing shoulders with the rifle people. Because if yeah. I look at my business, Johannesburg and Cape Town, uh the the capital appreciation in in cape town is just humongous uh compared to yeah. all the other cities that we play in so if you guys were already buying in 2013 at low value uh i can imagine that the sales were pretty good or in the profits margin yeah. in already yeah. no no absolutely and um it was also a good time because i mean we were situated in the west coast area yeah, uh, which was your Parklands, Tableview, Markets, Bloberg. Yeah, at, yeah. At that time, that area was really a gold mine. Eh? I mean, really? people were buying for close to nothing. And like a few years later, what they started selling for were extremely high. Our rentals were extremely low in that area as well. So yeah. I mean, people people came in at the right time, and they obviously the saw some. people came in at the right time. The, yeah, they came in at the right time, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, I saw, I remember the guy who was my manager, actually the, the owner of the business where I work, which is MacProp Group. He yeah. had been an ex-employee of iGrow Wealth uh, yes, Investment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you, just by that, you already know his sort of background, his thinking, where, where his head was at. And here he was now coaching me and trying to see, trying to get me to see real estate in a different light. Um, yeah around always looking for the right deals and and from there on so from the age of 23 the year 2013 uh my whole vision around even me as a property practitioner changed because i was no longer in the game to just try sell any type of property because it only made sense for me to strategize a formula for myself that will allow me to uh hand pick the right type of properties whose turnaround time for me to sell them will be much shorter because if it's much shorter it only means me as the sales agent gets my commission much quicker as opposed okay. to focusing on uh, it makes no sense with all due respect to people who still focus in those areas but trying to sell something in an overly saturated area only means i'm going to sit with that property for months on end i don't do any due diligence to my seller who's my client because a year or a year and a half down the line, this property is still on property 24 and we're still trying to sell it. So now I just started focusing on properties where I could see that the values were good, the numbers were good, and I could guarantee that I would sell it within a short space of time. And which is how um, 
my next employer found me because they were in the same space. Okay, so Brian, let's hold on there, right? So yeah. <clears throat> you dropped a few names uh, that, <clears throat> that I'd like to just clarify. Uh, and this is for me, you know, I'm a little bit slow. Um, you know, I, I learn I learn very slow and then I grow fast, but, but uh, that, that's kind of like how I work. Um, yeah. So you mentioned property practitioner, you mentioned sales agent, you mentioned, um, you know, for instance, you're working there with, uh, with your managers and now you, you've got a technique in which now you have the ability to actually analyze a certain property and you can take it to market and it sells quickly. So which means that yeah. if you are just selling, your commission is, uh, you're banking your commission frequently all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Did I get that correctly, right? Yes, correct. So, so, so in short, you have moved down to Cape Town um, and you decided to go the route of, uh, of a sales agent. Um, yeah. Is there, what's the difference between sales agent, estate agent, property practitioner? Um, you know, honestly, it's really terminology. Okay. Uh, it all it all means the same thing essentially. Yeah. Um, however, property practitioner, sales agent, just the phrase alone, you can already sort of establish that it, it's uh, a real estate agent that focuses only on sales. Okay. Good. Whereas an estate agent could mean that their role encompasses some form of rentals or perhaps property management as well. Okay. Uh, property cool. practitioner and estate agent would then mean the same thing. It's just different terminology. The reason why people have used those different terms prior to this week um, was just the perception that it created in people. The, the phrase real estate agent had lost so much respect because of the history of the industry itself. You know, a lot of unprofessional people or um, people that were not really protecting the, the needs of their clients, etc. So people started trying to use other words. Like I'm sure you've come across property consultant. You know, yes, it's just, yes. it, it, was, it was all in an effort to just give what their, their role a, a little more depth, you know? And yeah. now the act or the law in South Africa that uh, stipulates what sort of, uh, jurisdictions we have or whatever as in state agents was called the estate agents act sure. uh, which, which is why we have the estate agency affairs board which is the yeah. board that oversees all estate agents but okay. as of this week uh, it had been a long time running because they had been planning this i think for the past five years um, that has now been changed to the property practitioners act so okay. now now, a qualified real estate agent in South Africa is no longer termed a real estate agent. They are now a property practitioner. So the profession, the profession is out, there's been stretched out now. It doesn't only, it's only not made up of rental agents, property managers, and, and selling agents as it was before. Now they've roped in other aspects of the sector itself, like your building managers, uh, your maintenance people, your property inspectors, you know, all those are now falling under the property practitioner title. 
if that makes sense, I hope. Yeah, but how will I, as a consumer, how yeah. will I know that um, Brian is a property practitioner, but only a house inspector, as opposed to uh, a property practitioner, but you actually do sales only? Yeah, no, well, they would have to literally stipulate. Or, or it's early days for us, you know, to define such kind of things. Yeah, it's, it's a few of the, the gray areas of the act itself, because you're right, the term has now just been broadened a little too much. Um, yeah. But then I would say my advice to any fellow practitioners out there, it's about yeah. clearly, clearly outlining what it is that you do. Okay. You know, whether it's on your social media platforms, your business card or your email signatures, rather yeah. clearly outline what it is that you do. Yeah. Okay. Well, what gave you the route to go through, to go into, so I look at your journey, this is 2013, 15 now, um, and I look at your journey and I see that you have progressed from uh, an assistant to juggling into marketing, to juggling. So you, I would say that because I own a, a, a real estate business where, where we just focus yeah. on investment, uh, I'll say that's the back office, right? Um, that has to do with without uh, people seeing it, you know, and uh, yeah. that's my happy place, uh, trying to make sure that the engine is running. Um, yeah. So what makes you progress from the engine, so to speak, into getting a license to become a real estate um, property practitioner, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what made you to transition from, from the back office to, to license into a PP? Okay, so uh, the, getting the license to be a PP was, was the promise, was the initial discussion at, on that fateful day, sitting in that restaurant with these okay. people. Yeah. Uh, however, and this is what has really shaped my career because it's always been about breaking certain barriers and just changing the norm or what it's been like. Because yeah. now I got to a point where I'm the first black employee of this franchise, of all their franchise offices, right? Okay. Um, and already we, that seems to put me a bit on, on, on the backside of things in terms of advantages or whatever the case may be. Uh, money is a bit of an issue, so I don't have a car. This is an industry that's been said that in order to, it's, it's actually a requirement that if you want to be an estate agent, you need to have a laptop, you need to have a cell phone, you need to have a car. So now I've got yeah. my license. I'm still in the back office. I yeah. obviously feel like I, I'm knowledgeable enough to, to oversee a sales or rental transaction of a property. Yeah. Uh, but I'm being told, no, because you don't have a car, just having a license is not enough. Now yeah, that's yeah. obviously brewing quite a bit of frustration in this young version of me. And um, I start looking around for other opportunities, but I keep getting doors closed in my face because I yeah. don't have a car. Yeah. Uh, funds are not available. And uh, anyway, sorry, we, we stepped back, I know, because now we're back to Remax. But then, so how I joined Max Prop Group, in, I went into this interview, lied on my CV that I had a car, just so as to get that opportunity to sit in all these interviews. And the, the last question he asks is, oh, so where did you park your car? <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> 
So I've, I've won him over on every other aspect of the interview. But yeah. now this deal breaker is the car. I'm like, uh, I actually don't have one. He's yeah, like, what? Yeah. You've wasted my time. He's like, no, but I'm sure during this meeting, you've seen that I actually am capable to do it. So yes, I, yes. I will walk from one transaction, one property to the next if I have to. Or all I will do is I will narrow down the area where I work in. So I'll try to sell only around where I live. This yeah. guy's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you my bucky. I've got a bucky that's outside here. And within a month, if you don't sell a property, then the job is over. I sold two wow. properties in my first two weeks. And wow. again, that, well done. that had, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was about the formula because I, I just looked for properties where I felt like, okay, there's an urgent need for the seller to close a deal. Yeah. And the pricing, there's, there's room there to get the numbers to, to work right. Yeah. I need to crack a sale ASAP to keep this job to keep yeah. my place where I live, to put food on the table. So there are so many pressures. <laughs> and, okay. um, so, and then, so, yeah, so that, that, that's how I transitioned into that opportunity. Someone just decided, okay, you've broken the rules, but yeah. let's just see how good you say you are. Good, awesome. So, so one of the things that we say um, in my team is that uh, we, we are about... You know, we know that there's plenty of doors out there, but, you know, you might get some doors that are being closed on you and all of those things. Uh, so we're like, ah, it's okay, you can close the doors, but we'll come and buy the buildings anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I see then you, from your perspective, you know, you've been doing this for a minute already. Uh, so well done on that. So let's progress yeah, forward, you. right? So you are now a licensed yeah. Yeah, estate agent. Um, yeah. And uh, you're working with distressed properties and you're selling. Um, any, at this stage, any idea of wanting to go into property investments as you're seeing others people are doing? Um, uh, or, or this was still foreign to you at that time? No, this was still foreign to me at that time. Um, yeah. The idea, I think, the, the goal really was to make a brand of my name by selling enough properties for people to identify the industry with my name. Wonderful. How, yeah. so, so coming to today's life, right? How, how far are you from that goal? Um, and, and I'm going to speak as if I don't know you here, but I mean, yeah. you, you've been in the circles, we've been, we've been rubbing shoulders and almost in the same circles. Uh, and yeah. I know if you're awake, um, we, we've tried to do one or two businesses, some transactions that has fallen off. Um, but but from a from an from a from a sales perspective, I know that you you're capable of running products and things like that. Now, yeah, le let's jump from 2013, 14 of of what the goal is to now 2020, well 2019. And, yeah. and looking back and you're casting your eye back and say, well, that's what I wanted. And just walk us through where you are now in terms of your brands. Because I, I know Brian with, is it three heads? I think I know you with three heads. Um, yeah, I think, and, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then give us those three heads because I think you, 
if I may say to, for, for, for me, to, to my audience, I mean, you have done well. Um, uh, Thank already, you. You know, so, and you're still young, you haven't hit 30 yet. Uh, you, you still have uh, some more time. Let, let's talk about those three hats that you wear and why you wear them. Okay. Um, now, in short, so um, when I joined Imagine Properties, uh, yeah. That's when uh, now the the need or the, that's when property investment. I actually bought my first little flat uh, while with Imagine Properties, yeah. and anyway, so Imagine Properties. I focused only on sales within Johannesburg, inner city, Yeovil, Berea, Bramfontein, uh, Hillbrow, Maboneng, uh, Joburg Central, Jobay Park only. And but I need to I buy a building in that area, man. I'm like serious. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I've got a, I found one in Jove Park. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, I found okay. one yesterday. Okay, yeah. cool. And, um, and then now a few, so I was with, I was with them for, for four years. Yeah. I was working that area while living full time in Cape Town. Uh, really? I'd never seen, yeah, I never set foot in the inner city. I only set foot in the inner city six weeks ago for the first oh, okay. time in my life. Uh, I left I left Imagine Properties in 2017. So this is two years later, and only two years later I set foot in the area where I in a four I was with them four years and about five months. I sold in total 429 sectional title units. Wow. I, I don't know what value? the average is to a month, but yeah, 429 sectional title flat. Do you know the value there? Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll I mean, check my spreadsheet. I, I did save it somewhere. But so, I mean, anyway, these were properties that were ranging from uh, anything. Yeah, they the were below 500,000 each so, property. So if we just say a quick, mathemati uh, quick mathematics here, right? Um, yeah. So 425, uh, if we, we say it, average it, average it like 250. 250. Um, yeah. Dude. You, you. How much? <laughs> there you are. Uh, oh, wait, I can't see clearly. How much right? is that? So this is 106, uh, 106 uh, million. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 106 million, 250,000. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I, that, okay, that is I'm the value. That is the value that you push yeah. in an area where you had never, never been. Yeah. yeah, and you were selling hard in that area. But I mean, this is just average. I mean, some of your properties were selling about four or five hundred. So yeah, oh, so it could have been more. Well, I actually, I'd never. It's, thank you for for doing the calculation. It's always good to to equate certain things to an amount because now now you actually see. Yeah, so. That's when my prop tech passion came about because I realized there's a way around the system. We were using, we were making, we we're manipulating whatever tools were at our disposal to make a role that was, I mean, we were told in order to sell in a certain area, one needs to live in that area. Sure. And I was a top sales agent without ever setting foot there simply because there were the right systems and right softwares in place that enabled one to do that. And okay. um, 
So that anyway, so that that cemented my confidence in myself in what I was doing as a as a property practitioner. I almost said sales agent again. <laughs> <laughs> it'll take time. Then, yeah, it'll take time. Uh, I mean, they only signed Ramaphosa only signed this bill on Tuesday morning. That's three yeah. days uh, in existence, yeah. and then. And then now I got headhunted by a prop tech real estate agency called Property Fox. Uh, Property Fox, I know them. Um, uh, your guys CEO, is it Ashley? Yes, Ashley James and uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, 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 very, I've, very I've, nice guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So uh, for your, for your uh, international audience on this podcast, Property Fox is pretty much... Uh, not really a hybrid it's it's essentially a prop tech real estate platform more yeah. like your purple bricks in the uk so that's the model that they were working off and this now just showed me that prop tech can really disrupt any market uh, your fintech at that time at 2017 into 2018 was doing a lot uh, i'm sure you agree with me i think that's in blockchain and cryptocurrency was also coming up luno was doing well they were yeah. actually in the same building as us. And dude, they, they went from a small office to having to occupy two floors in the building where we worked in a space of six months. So that was just- kind of like pushing you guys out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They yeah. essentially did. We had to move into another building because we also needed space. Um, yeah. But all of this that's happening around me at the time is just showing me how one needs to really open up to technology so as to refine whatever processes or systems they had in place. Good, good. And fast forward to present day, um, I, as Brian Sango, where I've got to now, having been in the industry since 2010, um, I co-own a real estate company called Property Made Easy. and okay. What we do is we specialize in sales of low-cost housing in the townships, as well as your investment type of properties, like your Joburg inner city, your Pretoria inner city, and Durban inner city, where those properties are cash flow positive from, the, from day one. So yeah. that's what Property Made Easy is about. Uh, our head office is here in Cape Town in Kailicha. Um, so that's one thing that I'm involved in. Aside from that, I am the global business development manager for a prop tech company called Property Inspect. Property Inspect is like your Uber of doing property inspections. We've got a mobile app on your phone as well as the software itself that enables any property inspectors. This could be for bank valuations. This could be for student accommodation, for asset managers, um, We've even got some property rating companies that actually give like your, uh, in the hospitality field, they, they do an inspection on a property so as to establish whether it's a five-star, four-star, three-star establishment. Um, so we, we global. And yeah. at the moment, though, my core focus is just pushing this technology into the African market. We're doing exceptionally well within Cape, I mean, within South Africa. We've got yeah. your campus key student uh, accommodation. We've got Galetti, Growth Point, Urban Lime, Remax. All the traditional re residential brands are already on as clients. And, and it's been doing exceptionally well for them. 
it's a paperless way of them having to track any maintenance management in all their properties uh, in the palm of their hand. So it's, it's very easy for them to use. Um, also, my other head is, uh, there's an association called the South African Institute. So, so, so hold on, hold on. So yeah. let's go back to your property inspection, right? Um, yeah. Uh, who is this geared for? You know, I'm now looking at this as, as an investor myself, having multiple buildings in different uh, towns. And I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking, um, could there be one, could there be other people that are working out on spreadsheet like I'm still doing? Um, and uh, how, how, how can I move upward? So Absolutely. Why, why would one need to work with, uh, with an app like this one? Uh, yeah. I think an app could be maybe uh, uh, diluting it down, but a system like this one that you've put across, which you can access obviously online via the app and the usability is easy because you can do it on your phone. Everybody's got a phone these days, isn't it? Right? So, yeah, 100%. Um, who, needs a, who needs this app or should I say this system? Uh, well, first and foremost, you need it. <laughs> yeah, um, I recognize yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need it. Um, so, I mean, any, any landlord, really, uh, I'd say anyone who holds more than perhaps one property is easy to manage in whatever a cake way you've been doing it. A cake being very old school. Uh, but I'd say any, any multiple landlord, any investor, any asset holding company, any property fund uh, would definitely, definitely need to make use of such a software. Reason yeah. being, it's, it's a paperless solution. All your data is cloud stored. So we make use of Amazon Web Services, meaning yeah. it's easily accessible from any part of the world. Yeah. Um, any parties that need to sign the actual reports sign on the app itself. So you make use of your finger to sign and there'll never be need for anyone who is part of that chain of recipients there's, there's no need for them to download or print out anything because everything is web-based and uh, i really think that's where all industries have been moving to in any case uh, one thing i actually said at a recent talk that i had was i find we as south africa we as the african market are very fortunate to be a third world country simply because we can already sort of look at first world countries to see what trends have hit any market there and how they've influenced things around there. So imagine being a last born and you've got siblings to look up to. I'm a first born. Yeah. It, was, it was an absolute nightmare for being a first born because there was nothing really to say, okay, let me follow suit. But yeah. we, we're a third world country and I can definitely guarantee and put my money, well, not my life, I'll just put my money on this. Uh, <laughs> I'll put my money on it that tech has just revolutionized the way things are done all over the world. Yeah, so I always tell people, don't put me in a room on someone else who's been doing great stuff because when I come out of there, I'm just going to 10x it because I'm a good copy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I was in school, I was that guy who was always copying and, you know, the school system was telling me, you know, <laughs> you, you can't do this. But the amazing yeah. thing is that if you flip that today in business, um, if you're doing a copycat model, I mean, look at Nando, yeah. look at all the other brands that you have, the franchise. It's all a copy mm. and paste. You know, you copy the system, yes. you paste it into a different location and you start making money from day one. 
Um, yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, so again, you're still wearing your PP hat, uh, and now you are wearing now um, uh, another hat where you you are now in in the property tech, and you've got the system, and the system yeah. is just geared up for landlords if you have a property. And it is to manage, if I understand it correctly, it is to manage the journey of your maintenance. That's what it's yeah. all about, right? Yeah. Uh, to to create sure an audit trail uh, of, of all your property inspections and maintenance issues, yeah. and as well as just being able to easily. Um, so, you, one of the things is with the Rental Housing Tribunal of South Africa, the biggest issues are always around, um, you know, tenant rental deposit disputes yeah. and it's all about it's all a hearsay thing and most of the people that have been using olden way of uh, managing maintenance as well as inspections probably have a file or a, a checklist that's been printed sitting in some storeroom somewhere and yeah. the minute you can't find that and the minute you cannot confirm that that was the condition of the property at such such a date you've already lost your case now that tenant pretty much goes away and you haven't really protected your landlord as your client. That could be vice versa. It could be a situation where the tenant was in the right, really, but they cannot really confirm or they had taken photos on a phone that they've since lost, et cetera, et cetera. So now this is all fully accessible. You don't need a storeroom with piles and piles and piles of files. You've yeah. got everything on your cloud, which has un unlimited storage capacity. And you can pull relevant data at any time that you require. Whether it's from five years back, it'll still be on the cloud and you can readily see it. And now cool. all the disputes are managed much more easier. And uh, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that's pretty much it. Okay, awesome. And your, your last third head, um, uh, I don't want to say your last third head because I'm a dad um, and I've got a boy. <laughs> Uh, 11 years old and my my daughter she, she's four um and i know that hit is coming for you soon um yeah 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 now uh, i'll soon be a dad i'll join you soon tj don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so 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 i'm going to say this is your last hit for for the, for whilst we are talking now but i know there's many other hits that are going to come through your your journey right um yeah others yeah, that you have defined for yourself and others that will come through as opportunities as you go along in life so let's talk about your third head um and uh your third head uh if i look at it it's more it's more from an advocate perspective uh trying to to represent what is correct in the in the industry um yeah. i see you guys um what do you call your guys yourself um is it the west eastern cape chapter um uh, oh <laughs> western cape chapter western cape chapter when i saw the name i was like this is cool Western Cape chapter. All right. What is that? Yeah. Um, yeah so well, what, what, what head is that? Uh, and is that the third head that you, were, you wanted to talk about? Or am I pushing you into a corner here? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's the third head I was going to talk about. So yeah. uh, the, the other organization that I've recently become a part of, and yeah. most of this has been, just been manifesting in, in this year. So um, it's my 28th year of life has been a good one. In terms yep. of my career, uh, and and yeah, I'm I'm quite confident it's actually just going to roll out into a whole lot more. Uh, but yeah, 
so CYBIRB is the South African Institute of Black Property Practitioners. It's okay. uh, an association that's been around for 23 years in South Africa. And um, essentially, it's all centered or geared around transforming the industry. Um, they, the, the previously disadvantaged uh, participants in the industry, in the real estate industry, make up less than 11% of all property practitioners nationwide. Okay. 11%. Uh, that, that's, that's a fail. If we were to look, if I were to come back with 11% on any of my, <laughs> of my marks from varsity, I would have failed dismally. Um, yeah. So it's, now, but you're halfway to the pass mark, you know, 35%, 11%. Like <laughs> you're almost there. You're almost there. At least, at least, at least there's, some, <laughs> there's some indication of life. <laughs> there's some indication of life. So, yeah. yeah, so it's just been, the association has just been working towards transforming and how, uh, one could ask, how are they really planning to transform? It's not a political party or anything like that. Not at all. It's really okay. all about empowering other people, uh, giving them access to the right type of information, the right type of mentorship, the right type of uh, educational programs that could fast track them into either becoming a property practitioner, so uh, a personnel that actually transacts property, or becoming just a property entrepreneur, someone who buys to let or buys to hold I know you guys have a lot of classes where you sit with a lot of guys. So TJ, I'm sure you will agree with this, that there are a lot of people out there who just don't know how much potential is within the property sector. Clearly because yeah. no one has, has given them that, that education or that information rather. Education sounds too formal. Just that information. They're unaware of the fact that you don't need to have a million rand in your account to own a property, et cetera, et cetera. So those are some of the ways that as cyber, we try to transform the industry. Just taking this information that for people like us in the industry may feel as though it's quite obvious to everyone else out there who actually is fully unaware of this. And uh, so a friend and I head up the Western Cape chapter because yeah. each chapter has different challenges. So instead of us having, I mean, we do have common goals for the whole national association, but then each region has some key areas that they need to focus on a little more. And, okay. you know, honestly, Western Cape is far different from any other chapter because we've got um, some challenges that are quite bespoke to the Western Cape, which I won't dive into now, but so, we need a separate podcast for that. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's my thinking, right? And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, okay. And sitting outside the chapter. Um, and um, you, you're saying that, you know, this is more for the previously disadvantaged. I'm black, um, you are black. Um, and for me, when I do business with people, it's, race doesn't really kick in immediately. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I am more about you as the individual and um, uh, can I work with you? Do you have the drive? Uh, do we have some common goals to share? And uh, if, if you're ticking all of those boxes, you respect Chinese, blue, black, um, like my little hope yeah. says they're pink, uh, then we go ahead with the pink people, we go ahead with the brown <laughs> people. Um, so, so Tawana was correcting my, my little one the other day. She says, no, there are yeah. no black people. There are brown people and pink people. 
um, you know. So from that perspective, can allow me to play devil's advocate. Um, yeah, and 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 this is from a from a very good heart and I I I would like to look at my myself before I came into the game. And and I'd like to say to myself, at that particular time, I was not ready for it. Why? Because I didn't have the necessary information or the awareness that is right. But there's also a message. Yeah. There's also a, a common terminology that goes out to say that when the student is ready, the teacher is always available. Right. Mm. Now, are we saying that our people are ready? Uh, or are we saying that we want to go and spoon feed? Um, because if we're going to spoon feed, then it's, it's just as good as taking a horse that is kind of like full to the river and it's not going to eat or drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's my number one. And then number two, you have had success in your own right. Right, mm -hmm. I've had success in my own right. I know plenty of other black people who've had success without the support of 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 these chapters in place. Right? Mm. How different are they from all the other people that are out there? You know. So, if I play that devil's advocate and I say, "Well, are we not going to be more of a spoon feeding organization where we want to take?" Um, information to people that are not ready to it, but I, yeah. I, I also bang the fact that maybe we could have like a five percent or ten percent of people whose eyes are going to be switched on and they're like, "Whoa, I'm going to run with this." Okay. Yeah. Have we won as a chapter? I think so, right? Um, but I think maybe my conversation or my statements are coming from a space of um, if we are going to take the information to people. Um, I've seen that where people receive things freely, um, it's just information. Mm. Uh, you're just coming to give us stuff and that's it. Yeah. How, how, how is your chapter, because I mean, the, the whole association is the one big association, but your chapter, you kind of like have more control on it. The information mm. that you're going to make available to people, how are we going to make sure that it is relevant it can be used by the everyone who's going to walk into that door. How good yeah. are you going to equip them so that in your chapter, you let's let's assume your eleven percent um, transformation is is your chapter. How mm -hmm. are we going to measure today and next year to make sure that the number of lives that you're going to touch is going to translate into hundred hundred percent? And next year, this time, we can say, hey. We ran sessions, we had information sessions, we brought in the uh, gurus from Jobek, from whatever country, and um, it worked. And besides it working, uh, we touched 50 people and all of those 50 people, they are making a difference in the community and our chapter is growing. So now we yeah. are impacting the second generation of our 50 people. In, in a nutshell, how, how do you intend to do that? Or what is the intention to do that? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, 100%. That's, that's a very valid, valid point that you've raised. Thank you for that. And uh, I think how I would really just briefly respond to that is 
having been part of the Western Cape for a while, yeah. uh, I think I, I got to realize that our, our challenges within the Western Cape sector are very, very similar. It's all about one, lacking the opportunity. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's lacking the opportunity. Two, it's just knowing certain things. I, I, this had been a long time coming in terms of interacting with certain people because uh, rewind to five years ago, six years ago, actually, when I was at Imagine Properties and trying to educate or inform my friends and surrounding people about opportunities lying there within the Joburg space, um, trying to get people to see that, no, you don't, the first property you buy does not have to be one for primary residence. That's my personal view. Yeah. Other people could think differently. You yeah. are fully allowed to rent wherever you're comfortable renting and perhaps then buy property investments that make monetary sense as well in areas where you can afford. And so you prescribe to build the business, buy a home later. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Build a business, buy a home later, make positive cash flow from the onset. Who knows? You could be you could have a portfolio paying your rent where you're staying. So it's a win win on either side. Yeah, um, yes. But so anyway, the the thing I realized was and it was quite common when I met she's now a friend and a partner within heading the chapter, but we're complete strangers. And we met at a restaurant and we dove into this full on conversation about the Western Cape. And yeah. from that conversation, this is how we birthed the Western Cape chapter. Okay. Um, we agreed that, no, the, the region as a whole, of course, not to just paint everyone with the same brush. Some people do know, some people are informed, but yeah. a lot of the bigger, the majority of, of the region needs to have that mindset shift yeah. just so that they look at things from a different angle. They were just, the blinkers were, were just, letting certain opportunities they could have exploited walk them by pass them by i see and yeah. then and then i also realized that no the if if you look at cryptocurrency m and mmm a triple m and all that stuff that's ever really just come up and and bitcoin and whatever again yeah. i'm speaking only for western cape these people have been so opportunistic to jump onto things like that and yet yeah. when it came to property they just thought, oh no, it's it's something I can't do. I need a million rand to do that. These yeah. are the only these are the only type of investments I can, you know, to to have a what do they call like a stock filler where the money goes round and everything. These yeah. are the 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 money making practices that seemed to make sense for the majority of people I was speaking to. Sure. And I kept trying to say, guys, but property, they, there's a way in. You don't really have to have that much money to go in. And so anyway, we, we then narrowed it down. It's a mindset shift. People, people are opportunistic enough to jump onto an opportunity that you sell them hard on. And to do that, people need to sit around the table and start talking. The third Good. thing was a lot of black property businesses. And by black, I'm not saying color. Let me actually, just, I, I hate those because people just always term them the wrong way. But a yeah. lot of previously disadvantaged businesses within property yeah. have been struggling for a very long time, which is why you find a lot of them either being fly by night, they're here today, gone tomorrow, or yeah. people 
don't really readily make use of their services because they already um, exude an unprofessional, uh, you know, sort of outlook, et cetera, et cetera. And all those challenges were just really about them struggling to break into a market that's very closed door. Sure. And it's all because, so what I, from my case studies and my research, I then understood that, you know, some of these other groups of people have actually, they've, they've got this formula right. They keep the business opportunities within the circle so as to empower each other from within. Okay. You've got the Jewish community. The Atlantic seaboard real estate market is predominantly the Jewish community. And wow. to, break in, to break into that circle without being part of them is very difficult because when they buy or sell, trust yeah. me, they're going to someone within their circle. The Chinese do the same thing. Yeah. And I thought as a chapter, now if we can create a round table where we're trying to encourage some inter-circle uh, business dealings, then yes, that's the yes. only way someone who's got a plumbing business will benefit from me with my property business. Okay. Uh, someone who's in construction and I could work very closely together because perhaps I'll jump in and say, let me sell your properties. Yeah. Because yeah. instead of striving to be an all-rounder, let's all just come together while pieces of a puzzle and that puzzle, will, this picture will only clearly be seen when we come together. And that's why we now strongly started pushing for, for the chapter itself. Because yeah, there are people out there who are just looking for a way to grow their businesses or yeah. a way to grow themselves um, and they just don't know how. Good. I call it the university of life, yeah. Good. Especially for those who never got formal varsity education. You, yeah. I feel yeah. everyone I meet, everyone I sit with, their, their mindsets, their, when we met in Durban, what she said to me in those two, three minutes, I was already like, hmm, okay, there's, there's a different way that he looks at things. And if yeah. I take out this and I go to someone else and I apply that same approach, who knows where that's going to take me? And you elevate and elevate and elevate. And you sure. can now imagine if you bring people constantly under one room, you are bound to just be growing day after day or session after session, you know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well done. Um, and in terms of your chapter now, um, uh, where do you guys meet? Do you have a set place where you meet? And uh, how can people reach out to, to you in terms of um, getting plugged in, right? Um, because yeah. you, you've mentioned quite a few things. So I think what we can do is that um, give me the details on where we can meet um, and also like your social media platforms. Uh, in terms yeah. of your uh, your other hat that you wear that does property inspections, give me details there as well. And on the show notes, we are going to keep all of those in so that if there's anyone else who's interested in some of these things that you've spoken about that you're leading, then we can just, okay. um, people can go through that and uh, get plugged in there. All right. Yeah, sure. 100%. In a nutshell, uh, thanks, uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. Um, you've said quite a lot of things. Um, maybe I know I talk too much, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have we could talk about this. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's point a, of passion. So you know, the conversation yeah, will go on for a while. Um, for anyone else who is saving breakfast somewhere out there and who's wanting to start, you know, 
Um, is there one or two books that you may recommend to say, hey, go and read this book, it will stay your, 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 your thinking? Or uh, what advice would you give, would you give out to, to, to that person? Um, this is kind of like saying, to, uh, let's go to your younger self and let's give that guy some advice. Let's give that guy some advice. Yeah. I, I would say, oh, I've, I've got a, a lot to say. Um, yeah. But in a nutshell, for anyone who's a reader, who loves reading books, yeah. uh, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a very, very short and good book to read, just yeah. to, to, to stir your thinking. Um, that transformed my 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 thinking as well. Rich dead, poor dead. Um, yeah, I've gone on to become uh, Robert's uh, student. Uh, well, for life until he goes on to see Jesus. But um, uh, yeah, um, have you read his latest book, Fake? No, not yet. I've seen it, but I haven't. I haven't read it. Get your teeth on it, man. Um, yeah. yeah. He talks of amazing things of taking your business and the world where it is now to, if, if you, if you, if you're in a space where your business is growing, you can start utilizing the system to get a few things uh, in place, uh, get your teeth into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, on, on my side, for, for people like me, so for people like this very young man sitting in front of the screen right now, yeah. who, uh, time as well as i just got to a point where i didn't find much time to actually read okay but what, how i always always have worked around that till now is have put plug yourself in the right circles where the conversations that come out of there get your creative juices flowing absorb good. absorb absorb good like learn as much as you can yeah. Ask questions as much. Be a pain. Ask, why is this the way it is? Who yeah. said it should be like this? You know. Sure, sure. So, so, so all of so I guess uh, to narrow that down, it's also about just clearly mapping out a circle of influence. Okay. And uh, so yeah, the friends, the company you keep will really push you in the right direction. Uh, watch motivational videos just to keep keep yourself going, and yeah. and. This, this may maybe just apply to me, but I'm sure a lot of people watching out there will agree. Pray. Pray yeah. and believe in what it is that you want. You have yeah. to yeah. want it so hard and thoughts become things at the end of the day. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you, you're spot on, man. Uh, I think the praying thing for me, it's, it's, it's also key to my, to my heart. Um, and I think people, um, by, by doctrinal uh, doctrine, uh, we we think praying is something huge, uh, but I, yeah. I think I remember the one thing when Peter was going down uh, when they were when they were in the in the sea and uh, uh, Jesus said yeah come through and he started walking through to Jesus and he started thinking because he wasn't believing. Um, I, yeah. I, you know I remember his prayer was quite short, almost like Jesus help me. It was two words, you know what I mean, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jesus was there to help him out. And uh, I know that folks are in different religions and so on. So I always say to people, do you, boo, you know, so, yeah. but, but praying, if you pray in whatever spheres you want to do. For me, it's Jesus, and uh, that's how we do it. Brian, it's been awesome. Um, no, thank you so much. 
good. We need to chat about that um, deal of ours that's sitting in, in Jobet Park. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, we can see how best we can skin it. But it's been awesome on this on this show here. Uh, tell us where else you are, when next you are having um, your, your chapter sessions. And yeah. um, share, share some of those details with me whenever you are having some sessions. And we'll plug okay. it onto our social media because I think that there's, there's just a lot of people that are hungry out there. You know, I play advocate sometimes um, because I want to just see things from both sides of the fence. Um, so I am also quite big around giving people as much information. If you use it, use it. We're going to rub shoulders together. If you ain't going to use yeah. it, you're losing out, you know, and you're going to just become cheerleaders for us as we grow. Um, as we go yeah yeah we do need chili yeah. don't we yeah. no we do we do we need people to to clap every now and again <laughs> cool brian cool. stay well it's been great uh we'll chat again soon Amazing. yeah no I'll, I'll keep you posted on any uh opportunities within yeah that could interest you and please do the same i'm looking at a few property uh properties yeah. to plug into so i'll keep in touch definitely Okay, good. Hey, this has okay. been great. Uh, uh, Brian is signing out. So thanks a lot, Brian, for being with us. This has been Empire Successful Friends. And um, if you thought that I was clowning around when I started off saying that Brian is a successful guy in his own right, you have heard his journey from serving breakfast to where he is now killing it in the Western Cape. And um, this is what it's all about. He is doing life. And um, you all know that I'm killing it. If I'm not killing it, then I need your money to kill it. So, um, yeah, this is how we do it. Okay. Brian, thanks a lot, man. Cheers. God bless. Thank you so much. Cheers. Have a good one. Ciao. Bye.